At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. Welcome to the Cryptic Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us, and if you're listening, it means you too. I'm not Alex Flanagan. I'm very sorry. Sorry every day of my life, really. I'm Addison Peacock. I'm also not Alex Flanagan. My name is Andrew Giada. You might recognize Andrew's voice from many episodes that he has appeared on as a guest, including our first two inaugural episodes, as well as our Kelpie episode. And also, Andrew did our theme music. Yeah, and I play Siobhan on the Ahura Borealis Patreon Monster of the Week campaign. Yeah, the podcast within a podcast. Yes, podcast squared. Yeah, Siobhan is a fan favorite, so if you're not familiar with Ahura Borealis already, I suggest if you are able to that you become a patron donor of any tier and you can access those episodes. The whole backlog is on there for your enjoyment. So anyway, hi everybody. Hi. (laughs) We mixed it up a little bit this week. Um, so Alex is very busy doing all kinds of jazz things, and so we uh, mixed up the formula a little bit so we could still bring you some semblance of your regular show. I'll do my best to not mess everything up uh, while Alex is off being amazing. Oh, if I haven't managed to mess everything up by now, I think you'll be fine. All right, great. We're doing yeah, great. We're doing good. Good job. <laughs> yeah, we're doing so good. I have brought a boy with me this week, and this was actually, it came up when I was researching just general stuff, because to be completely honest with you, sometimes I'll just Google like the cutest cryptid or like something like that. Oh, that's cool. I didn't um, know that's how you did it. But just also, cute cryptids. just cute cryptids. That's not, that didn't end up taking me to what I got to today. Uh, what I found initially when I did that was a little guy that did not have enough information to be an episode. Maybe I'll do a bonus episode on it uh, called the Tizzy Wizzy. That sounds very cute. It's and I can't very wait for that cute. bonus episode. I might make it out a bonus episode. I think I will. But. That didn't have enough information, so I turned to, we get a lot of people who send us tweets about their kind of hometown cryptids, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And there was somebody who sent us a tweet about something that they wanted us to look into talking about on the show. And so I went down a very deep rabbit hole last night, actually, a little peek behind the curtain. Sometimes I only research things the night before. That's all right. Um, However, I have... I'm not going to go to every one of them, but I do have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen sources on it. Oh my goodness! I'm not going to read every single one of them, okay. but just so you all know, I did thoroughly read the info on this thing. So I want to talk to you about the Hopkinsville goblins. Yes. Do you know yes. what these are? No, but okay. I love it. Okay, so the name's a little misleading. These are not goblins the way you probably conceive of them. I thought you were going to say they're not from Hopkinsville. No. <laughs> That would be hilarious if that was the part of the misnomer, if that was the misnomer. But no, they're not goblins the way we would conceive of goblins. They are uh, not even necessarily considered to be mythological or like fantasy creatures. What we're talking about here today is UFOs and aliens. Now, the Hopkinsville Goblins was a nickname given to one of the most famous UFO encounters, the aliens involved uh, in American history. Have you ever heard aliens described as little green men? Once or twice, yeah. I think it's come up. Yeah, maybe come up. This is possibly, depending on what source you look at, the sighting, the encounter that originated that terminology for aliens. Great. So they are, it's innovative. It is just paving the way for alien discourse. They're trailblazers. There it is. I couldn't think of the word, and thank you so much for saving me from the hole I was digging myself into. <laughs> oh, that's why I'm here. I Just guess. took you took the shovel away, and you said, "Come on out." Come here. I'll I'll shovel it. You don't have to dig those holes for Sigourney Weaver anymore. <laughs> um, I love holes. I always forget she's in that movie. Yeah, she's the warden. Mm-hmm. She's the confusingly attractive but very scary warden. I don't think it's confusing to be attracted to her at all. You're right. I love Sigourney Weaver. Anyway, so the Hopkinsville Goblins. Now, this first piece comes from, or this first source is historicmysteries.com, and it talks about the case of the Hopkinsville Goblins. It's it's a very, what essentially it talks about, to paraphrase, is at the beginning that it's a very 
unique UFO story. It's not an abduction story. It's not like a crash-landed thing that, like, so no one could identify and then was gone. It's not like we saw strange lights in the sky and then, like, I don't know, something mm-hmm. happened. It, there's not a single, like, witness abduction It's a family, their friends, a farmhouse in the country. This is a quote from the article. And a seeming attack of unknown origin. So Hmm. this was autumn of 1955 at the Sutton Family Farmhouse. This is in Christian County, Kentucky, near the town of of Hopkinsville. Hence the Hopkinsville Goblins. Right. It all makes sense now. Yeah. It occurred over the space of one evening and into the following morning. Now, unlike a lot of things we cover on this show, there aren't a lot of different sightings of this thing. It's more there are different accounts of this one thing and then sort of different takes and questions about it that came up as a result. So if you're if you're normally here for like a wide variety of sightings, I don't have that for you today, but what I can promise is that the sighting is pretty wild. So there was alleged UFO sightings and strange sounds in the area, but the Hopkinsville goblins appeared only at the Sutton farmhouse and only on that night. So at the time of the occurrence, there were 11 people in the house. Seven of them were adults. So a lot of this serves to establish a kind of more reasonable pool of people for a UFO sighting than normal. Normally you have about one or two people being like, I saw it, took my cow right out of my field. Or it put a tracker in my nose. You know what I mean? You know, Uh, the usual stuff. Yeah, the usual stuff, the usual suspects. But they were all settling in for the evening, going about regular household activities, when one of the men said he saw something strange in the sky. Nothing came of it until later a creature peeked in the window of the house. The family's panicked and chaos ensued. So I'm going to describe this guy to you. Mm-hmm. Witnesses said the creature was about three feet tall with pointy ears, metallic skin, and clawed hands. Ooh. It had very skinny limbs, particularly the legs. The men went outside to investigate and saw one in a tree and one on the roof of the house. They shot at them, but the creatures survived the rifle and shotgun blasts at relatively close range. Some sources say the men claimed to hear a metallic rattling noise whenever they hit one of the creatures, which to me would imply that they're actually some kind of thing in a spacesuit, like we talked about with the Flatwoods monster. Yeah, I was thinking either a spacesuit or like some sort of drone. Yeah, or they're just... Or they're just real hard metal boys. Yeah, I was just going to say, they're just kind of crunchy metal boys. Yeah. But when the family was inside the house, the goblins continued making random appearances at the windows, scratching and clawing on the roof. And so finally they went to the police, as you do when goblins are attacking your house. Right. Officers were dispatched to the house. They found evidence of the struggle. There was a broken window that one of the men had fired through in the pursuit of taking these things down. They also may have heard the strange noises associated with what one of the men had seen in the sky. A state trooper, far removed from the situation, reported those same noises at 11 p.m. The police left when they didn't find anything at the Sutton farmhouse. The witnesses later said that the creatures came back and stayed roughly until 5 a.m., the United States Air Force was asked to investigate. They didn't find enough evidence to come to a conclusion about the goblins. So the case is listed as unexplained still. So that's what those guys are. That's like the general, that's the story. That's the Hopkinsville goblins. That's it. Those Um, are them. Now, I want to ask you, does that description of what they look like sound familiar to you at all? Um, Does it remind you of anything? Of what they look like? Yeah. Uh, I'm racking my brain. Is it like pop culture? Give me a hint. Yeah, they, they do appear in a very unexpected place in pop culture that I found when I researched them. And I'm very curious to see if you would – if you'll uh, have a guess. Well, let me just – let me just um, give you a give you a list of their description. Okay, yeah. Just yeah. Run, it, run it down for you to make sure I Yeah, understand. run it down. They're metal. Um, not they, necessarily. They have metallic-looking skin. Yeah. That's a little less important than the rest of the description. Though. Okay, so they're small. Yes. They have very skinny arms and mm-hmm. legs. Yes. And they have claws. And big ears. And big ears. Are they cats? No, I love cats, though. Oh, I don't know. No, um, you got to catch them all. They're Pokemon. Yeah, which one you? Oh, one, though. Gosh. Um, We've played Pokemon Go together. That's we have. why I'm asking. I, I, I have knowledge of I can all 1,000 Pokemon, so I'm going through them one by one. I can one. tell you that we caught this one at the same time. Is it an Abra? No. Oh, In Harper's Ferry, we caught this one. Then I don't know. Oh, it's Sableye. It's Sableye. Sorry, yeah. that was loud. No, it's okay. it's perfect. No, literally, when I looked up uh, the Hopkinsville Goblins, one of the auto-predict fill-ins mm-hmm. in the Google search bar was Hopkinsville Goblins Sableye. And I went, really? no, what? And so I looked it up, and I found multiple sources saying that the description of them in this like famous UFO encounter inspired the design of that particular Pokemon. That's wild. Yeah. And I love that. They're famous. I love it. I really, so I need you to know that reading all of these sources, I wholeheartedly pictured Sableye. Just, oh, now I am 
Absolutely. Like these poor people, I feel very bad if they were actually tormented by an, uh, an otherworldly thing. But、mm-hmm. like, I'm just imagining little sable eyes like clamoring over their windows and scratching on their roofs well, and jumping up and down. And that would also explain why like gunshots didn't hurt it, right? It's a ghost type. Yeah. Bullets will just go right through the ghost type. Oh shoot! You're so right. You know. You're can't, so right. Can't be hurt by like physical attacks. Nor- yeah. Normal type attacks, anyway. I'm a Pokemon master, guys. I don't know if you knew, but oh, I'm really like honestly super, super, super blessed to have Pokemon master <laughs> Andrew Giotto on the show with us today. Like honestly, I couldn't. In all seriousness, it was a total coincidence. I was very excited to see the Pokemon connection pop up. Oh yeah, I would be too. Well, there is a drawing, an artist's rendering on this next source that I think when you see it, you'll understand、mm-hmm. more the Sableye connection as well. Okay.、Um, this is from a Mental Floss article. Uh, and there is a drawing, and yeah, that's it. Looks toe to tip. That's toe a sable eye. That's a sable eye. He's here. He's ready.、Um, you can put him in his Pokemon battles.、Mm-hmm. So this is from a series that they did on Mental Floss about、um, it's the strange. They talked about the Strange States series, which is definitely something I want to dive into more. Didn't have、yeah. time to with that particular thing, but they headed into Kentucky, and this has a little bit more in depth account of the、uh, encounter. So I would love to read that to you, just as a little kind of like a story. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, I'm gonna read a read you and all the people at home or wherever they're listening might not be at home. The story. So, no one believed Billy Ray Taylor. There was no way he'd just seen a flying saucer land in a nearby gully. But considering he was a guest at Elmer Lucky Stutton's cabin located between the towns of Kelly and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, he didn't want to press the issue. Then again. He didn't have to convince anyone his story was true after the aliens showed up. After the Sutton's dog started barking, Billy Ray and Lucky grabbed their guns—a shotgun and a .22 rifle, .22 caliber. I'm just saying, you, know, you get it—and went out to investigate. That's when they saw a small man described as a goblin by Lucky coming toward them. It was about 3.5 feet tall, with a round head, round glowing eyes, pointed ears, and long arms that ended in sharp claws. When the thing was within twenty feet of the house, the men were understandably frightened and fired. When the shots found their target, it sounded like the bullets and buckshot were rattling around in a bucket. Instead of going down, the little man did a backflip, landed on his feet, and took off into the surrounding trees. He's agile. He's really agile. His agility—I don't understand Pokemon. His agility score must be really yeah, yeah, high. Yeah. His agility stats.、Mm-hmm. Do they have agility stats?、Uh, I play agility, Pokemon Go. I don't know. Agility is a move, so yes, it's a move. It, it does make sense. Okay, thank you. You got it. <laughs> I should have just owned it. You know when you face those Pokemon and it just keeps using agility like to boost its speed up, and、mm-hmm. then it, it doesn't ever actually attack you. Yeah, that's what it did. Yeah, that actually is what it did. It didn't hurt anybody, as far as I know. It just kind of—or all of them—they just kind of were bothersome. Yeah, they're、and、just they're little tricksters. To be fair, that does sound upsetting as an experience. No, I understand why they also, were upset. They didn't do anything. <laughs> Actually, just, for all they know, these things were calling for help because their spacecraft just crashed. Yeah, or their pokeball just like yeah. Oh, their pokeball. Their, their trainer well, let them go. Well, when their spacecraft crashed, their trainer、uh, released all the pokeballs and sent the Pokemon the Pokemon to go get help. So, are all Pokemon aliens? I don't know about that, but I think I can posit that all aliens are Pokemon. All aliens are Pokemon. Okay. Yes. All right. Oh my gosh! It's. <laughs> are we kidding? Are we、Still、doing、not. this right now? Well, I reloaded the page, and it's just being ridiculous. I'm just gonna. I forgot that the Safari app on iPhone is. Oh no. Garbage. It's bad now. <laughs> it, I'll fix it. It'll be fine. A sponsor this week, Safari. Safari. Is your web browsing experience convenient and easy? Do you want to change that? <laughs> Get Safari,、oh、because nothing in life should be easy, especially not the internet. Hey, is your life too easy? If there's one thing I think about in 2018, it's that things are too easy. All these millennials have made things too accessible. <laughs> okay, so anyway, resuming the story. <laughs> Lucky and Billy Ray scrambled inside, and the householder family and guests wondered what all the shooting was about. Just as they tried to explain about the goblin they'd seen, a strange face appeared in one of the windows of the front porch. The men turned and fired, shooting holes in the wall, but there was no goblin body outside. As Billy Ray stood on the edge of the porch, looking into the darkness, a clawed hand reached down from the roof and grabbed his hair. Lucky rushed into the yard and spun, shooting the thing on the roof. 
Once again, the bullets did nothing but force the creature to flip end over end and run away. Then, chaos erupted as two goblins were seen scampering around on the roof, in the trees, around the corner of the house, and back into the darkness, both seemingly impervious to the barrage of gunfire Billy Ray and Lucky had unleashed. One creature was knocked off the roof, but instead of falling... It seemed mm-hmm. to float down to a fence nearly 40 feet away. Ghost-type Pokemon. Yeah. That's what's Ghosts. up. Okay. Lucky got a beat on it and hit it again, but it did a backflip and ran off, using its arms in a swimming-like motion as if it was wading through the air. Ooh. I love these weird little guys. Yeah, super weird. After a few hours, the families inside the house decided to make a run for it. They piled into two cars and headed to town to get the local sheriff. The police investigated the scene, but could find no evidence of little silver men. From Mars. Here's the really quick, and one more Pokemon aside, and then I promise I will let it drop at least for like a little bit. No, no, no. Um, you don't need to do that. It's a shiny Sableye, right? Like we can agree this is yeah. like a shiny. Yeah. That's what's They're happening just here. They're shiny boys. Yeah. I love these funky aliens. I love these funky, fresh aliens. They're so good. This was the 50s. They were just a little bit ahead of their time. They were ready for the like disco into, oh, yeah, like, yeah. early 80s kind of, like, metallics everywhere They were era. doing, like, the whole swimming, like, yeah. disco thing. Oh, yeah, they ooh, were ready ooh. for disco, and yeah. they just overshot or undershot their time travel. Or, rather, I guess, their technology was so ahead of its time. Their music was also so ahead of its time. They're just constantly 20 years ahead of us. Yeah, they knew how to get down and boogie mm-hmm. and play that funky music till you die. Mm-hmm. Way back in the 50s. Yeah, they've been ready. Anyway, <laughs> so the police interviewed the occupants of the cabin, and they all told the same story and described the goblins in the same way. And they all even drew almost identical pictures of the go- the goblins. Mm-hmm. I'm using air quotes, even if you can't see them. I think your vocal inflection was enough. Thank you. Goblins. <laughs> so since that night in August 1955, the Hopkinsville goblins case has fascinated ufologists. Or ufologists, I should should say. There's not two O's. I didn't even know that was a word. Ufologists. Apparently it is. Mental Floss told me. No, it is. All right. Um, The story was dismissed as a publicity stunt by most people, but neither the Suttons nor Billy Ray Taylor ever benefited from the story. I'm going to pause again real quick and say a publicity stunt makes sense if you're trying to promote a business or even tourism to a town. Are they just – do people think they're trying to promote publicity for their farm house? For their farmhouse. Yes. Yeah. Come and buy our corn. Come to our... I don't even know if they... I don't know. Made corn. That's the first thing. Made corn, Addison? Are you okay? That's what they do. You make the vegetables. That's what I love about farmers is just the dedication it takes to go out into the field and like grab just fistfuls of loam and sculpt ears of Mm -hmm. corn from it. Mm -hmm. They do it like Superman style where he squeezes the coal into a diamond. They just squeeze the loam into corn. Yeah. No, That's I was, where corn comes from. Yeah, perfect. Ask your parents. Ask your parents where corn comes from, please. And parents, I know it's uncomfortable to have this conversation. <laughs> I know you think they're too young and they're not ready. But if you don't tell them about how corn gets made, they're just going to learn about it from television, public school, and the back of the bus. I'd rather you learn it at home <laughs> than you learn it somewhere else. It's safe to learn it here. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, in fact, the Sutton family got so sick of people coming by to see the cabin that they moved. Oh, no. So it definitely wasn't publicity. Publicity. Even later, like years later, ever since no one from that original sighting has changed their story and no one ever said it was a hoax. Are they still around? Um, I mean, some of the kids probably are. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many of the adults would still be if this was from 55. Yeah. I imagine some of the children still are. Right. Seven of the 11 were adults. Um, so the... Air Force investigated the sighting, but not until 1957, which okay. is a little bit... It's a little late. A little late yeah, to busy. find anything. Yeah, I guess. But, like, imagine there's, like, a burglary and you go, I'm not going to look into this for another two years. And yeah. they're like, oh, wait, well, but all the evidence will be gone. And they're like, oh, we're busy. Yeah, we're we got busy. To, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Calm down. We're working on something big here. Are you sure it wasn't a weather balloon? Okay. <laughs> it was a training exercise. Major John Albert interviewed the Suttons, none of whom changed their story, and did an examination of the facts before determining that the goblins were not aliens, nor were the Suttons perpetrating a hoax. In his opinion, what they had most likely seen was a monkey that had escaped from somewhere, maybe a traveling circus that could have been in the area, though he never could confirm if such a circus existed. Hmm. Huh. Oh my god. Sorry. I'm losing my mind because I... I'm losing my mind for a couple of reasons, and you're going to hear a couple of what all of them are okay. right now. Yes. So, 
In 2005, they did a, there was a 50th anniversary investigation of the encounter. Mm-hmm. The Committee for the Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal. You want to know what, their, uh, what, their, what that acronym is? Yes. It's C-S-I-C-O-P. C-S-I COP. Oh, my goodness. That's my favorite. Oh, my goodness. That's my favorite TNT police procedural, honestly. I love C-S-I COP. All right, who stars in that show? Um... That's like Matt Damon finally abandons movies and he goes to t- and he like goes to TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, CSI cop is like Matt Damon. He's like the like. Is he the old like by the book? Yeah. Cop. Okay. He's like an old by the book cop, and there's like a young like CSI person, CSI person. I don't know a crime scene investigator. Uh, I who, like CSI person. CSI person who's like really edgy and new and cool, and I think that's going to be played by like. Um, can I pitch a yeah. name? You got an idea? Stephanie Beatrice. Oh, wait. That's such a good choice. I was going to say the woman who played Domino in the new Deadpool, but Stephanie oh, she's Beatrice very good is good, too. too. I just don't know if Stephanie wants to be typecast like that. She that's already true. plays the edgy rogue cop. That's true. You're right. CSI cop. That just really affected me. Coming this fall. Coming this fall to TNT. OC, do not steal. So... <laughs> Uh, they determined that the most likely explanation for the goblins, this is going to make me lose my mind. Up I don't, I hate this. I hate how, like, it just feels so condescending, this explanation. They think it was a pair of great horned owls. You all can't see this, but I'm doing that thing with the SpongeBob <laughs> meme where he claps his hands together. Yep. In front of his face. Yep. Owls? Great horned owls. The owls have, according to this article, a striking similarity to the aliens. About three feet tall, round heads, round eyes, and pointed tufts on either side of the head. I'm not sure they can do backflips. And would have been feeding a set of young in August, causing them to defend their nest. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. Um, My favorite thing that owls do is backflips. I like how they have shiny metal skin. I really like how they're impervious to bullets. I love how owls and monkeys are both impervious mm-hmm. to bullets. I think it's great. And, like, I totally understand the fact that there are plenty of <clears throat> sorry non-alien explanations for this like it could have been like mischievous neighborhood children being jerks like that's i'll believe that more than i would believe you know wildlife uh, owls monkey i can see i can see monkey i might give you that if you could prove for any reason there would be a monkey in the area in mm-hmm. <laughs> kentucky in 1955 well they said a traveling circus but that they, were, they can't prove yeah a traveling circus that they can't confirm the existence of perfect right um but the owls thing, that's come up in in alien stories before, and it always makes me angry because I'm like, I get that you want a rational explanation, but can you not treat these people like they don't know the difference between an owl and, yeah. like, a little guy with, like, legs and arms and claws and stuff? So what if it's this? The whole government conspiracy, they're suggesting it's owls. Mm-hmm. What if all owls are just aliens? What if every owl just came from an alien planet? Huh. So when they say, oh, the, I, no, I, it, was just, it, it. it was just owls, it's just they're right, but they're not from this planet. I'm, I'll consider it. I'll consider it. There are no known photographs of it, which is very sad to oh, me, honestly. That's all right. But And I do get where the owl thing would come in with the gliding off of the roof and yeah. the um, actually – Potentially, it could have been an owl that grabbed the guy by his hair. It could have been. That actually does sound like an owl, like, kind of freaking out, trying to defend its nest, like, being like, I actually sure. don't know what noise great horned owls make, so I was going to make a noise, and then it, I was like, I don't think that's what they do. Can you just break me it's off a piece go, of like, that, though? Like, like what? Ah! And then they, yeah, like, that's, pro- that's probably very accurate. As long as it's not barn owls, because they just they scream, just yeah. scream. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I get, I, I, I do acknowledge the impulse to use owls to explain that away, but it doesn't make me less angry. <laughs> it doesn't make me feel less like it's like, um. That's no, pretty condescending. Condescending, yeah. Oh, you so, don't know what an owl is. Yeah. And it was an owl. So countryliving.com, mm-hmm. a site that I rarely reference on this particular podcast. If you weren't referencing it now, I would have thought it was one of those dating sites. Country Living? Mm-hmm. No, I think it's uh no, it's it's like an online publication about uh, country living. I mean, that's okay too. Yeah. To be fair, I say this as someone whose mom subscribes to Southern Living magazine, so mm-hmm. and we have like multiple back issues of it on our table downstairs. Right. But to be fair also, Southern Living magazine has way more articles about like lemon meringue pie and way less articles about uh, aliens. <laughs> but this is countryloving.com has a little piece. And this is where I got the claim that the term little green men originated at this sighting, mm-hmm. as well as a couple others. But this is the first place I saw it. So I wanted to go to this one. And also they talk about something that I think is kind of cool. There's actually a uh, festival in 
Kelly, Kentucky, which is which is the bordering town. This happened kind of between Hopkinsville and Kelly. Okay. So a lot of places, even though they're called the Hopkinsville Goblins, a lot of sources call this like the Hopkinsville Kelly or the Kelly Hopkinsville uh, uh-huh. encounter. Okay. And Kelly, Kentucky puts on a festival called the Little Green Men Festival. Oh, man. <laughs> which sounds like fun to me. I don't know a lot about it. I found their official website, but it didn't say much because the festival had already happened and they oh. were like, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone, or whatever. But so this was written on July 21st, 2017. Mm-hmm. So this talks about an upcoming solar eclipse at the time. Uh, I remember that solar eclipse. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be blocked for two minutes and 40 seconds in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. The community was expecting thousands of visitors for that event. So it brought a lot of attention back on the town, which I imagine is why this story broke again at this publication. And... It's been rebranding itself. It rebranded itself as Eclipseville. It was the first time in 99 years a total solar... Oh, my gosh. The first time in 99 years a total solar eclipse will be visible from coast to coast in the U.S. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, it's not the first time Hopkinsville has drawn national attention for an extraordinary occurrence. And that takes us to a family living on the outskirts of town made headlines claiming they'd been visited by little gray men in an otherworldly aircraft. Now, according to this piece, it says they were misquoted in the press, resulting in the addition of little green men to our modern lexicon. Huh. Which, so what it, were you going to say? It went from metallic to, like, silvery to gray to green? Yeah. Well, to be fair, they said silver and gray kind of a lot in That's the, in the original encounter. That's my favorite from the Rudolph movie. Silver and Gray. Oh, it's a good song. Yukon yeah. um, Cornelius, baby. Oh, Yukon Cornelius, <laughs> baby. That's a great character. Uh, but Little Green Men originating from that, uh, which is, is fascinating to me as well because people use Little Green Men to refer to aliens a lot, but actually the only, like, the or not the only, but like the biggest alien encounters on record and like widely accepted descriptions of alien life are all uh, gray. Mm-hmm. If you look at these guys being gray, and then also, of course, there's the most widely known conception of what alien life might look like, literally nicknamed grays, uh, which are the like conception that everybody thinks of with aliens, like the big, um, the kind of... Uh, the bulbous heads. Yeah, the bulbous heads with the tapered bottom of the, bottom of the face, the big, big eyes, like dark eyes, the long fingers, like long, thin bodies, and they're gray as well. They're the grays. So... It's interesting to see that overlap because Little Green Man has always seemed like kind of a different mm-hmm. imagining of it. Now, of course, there's lots and lots of planets out there in the universe. So that's not to say that aliens can't vary in appearance, but it is interesting to see the overlap in coloration. And, of course, we did mention that them being metallic and sounding like a bucket rattling when they got shot would imply maybe they were wearing some kind of armor or protective coating, but like alien Kevlar or something. Sure. But Well, also this brings up an inst- uh, interesting point though like yeah. even if they weren't wearing armor and that was just their skin like so many I've, I've done a little bit of research into like alien life and all of this mm-hmm. stuff and oh my goodness the Fermi paradox has me rattled if you haven't looked up the Fermi paradox I don't know what that is tell and, me about and it. you're not like into like world ending destruction stuff like don't look it up but if that doesn't bother you look it up <laughs> But uh, that's Can you give me like a like a quick like basic yeah, sure. like rundown so on the, what that is? So the Fermi paradox is basically asking the question why haven't we encountered any sort of like alien life, mm-hmm. right? So what it basically says is um there are like two or three main options. Either we are humans are the most advanced species mm-hmm. and we are the first to reach out. Yeah. Right. But Earth is like a relatively young planet to to like with intelligent life. Right. There are so many other planets that have been around for like a lot longer than Earth with like a potential for life. So that doesn't seem very likely. The other one is that we have what's called like a I think it's called the Great Barrier, mm-hmm. um, where basically it suggests that societies and civilizations all advance to a certain point when some sort of catastrophic event basically wipes them all out. So from there, it stems into two options. Either we've already passed the Great Barrier and it's behind us, we don't need to worry and we can just continue existing, or it's still ahead of us, Mm. right? And we don't know what it could be. It could be like um, nuclear fallout. It could be Galactus coming to eat Earth. We don't know. We don't know what it is. So it has me wild that like all of these different things can, sorry, can prevent us from 
contacting just alien life. Mm-hmm. But back to the the little goblin boys. Yeah. Um, I've also researched some and said like we have such a strong conception of carbon-based life and what that looks like yeah that maybe these aren't carbon life forms maybe they are based around some sort of of metal which right. is maybe like we don't recognize like ah they can't have just metal bodies that's not something that we see maybe they're based they're they're i don't know copper based life forms or silver based life forms or some other metal that iron there you go that's yeah. another i that's another metal yeah why not why not oh that's cool anyway that's my little spiel yeah This piece goes into the encounter I walked you guys through earlier in a lot more detail. Um, Since I already kind of covered it, I don't want to read through it again. But if you do want to read more detail about how that night went down and the timeline of it all, the piece is on countryliving.com and it is entitled... It is entitled, The Eerie Story Behind the Small Town Everyone is Flocking to for the Eclipse This Summer, and it's by Maria Carter. Now, there was, before I click off of this piece, I did want to talk about an interesting thing that comes up in this one. There's an author named Ben Meserich, and he wrote a book called The 37th Parallel, which talks about the fact uh, there there is the, the latitude 37 north is known for a high frequency of UFO sightings and other anomalies. And that is the original incident at this farmhouse took place along that latitude. I had no idea. That's yeah. that's wild. So that's it's referenced good. in his book, uh, The 37th Parallel. I have not read it, but it's mentioned in this article. And then there's just a little quote from Joanne Smithy, vice president and chairperson of the Kelly Little Green Men Days Festival. So as far as aliens returning, you never know. Some people say they are already among us, and others say they don't exist, period. Thank you, Joanne. Great. And something else, yeah, something else mentioned in the article is that people loved to blame, because people are jerks, uh, they really wanted to blame the the sighting on, if it wasn't one of the things we already mentioned, um, Kentucky Moonshine, Mm. which none of which was found on the premises. And also, the lady of the house didn't allow swearing or drinking at home at all. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So the odds of 11 people being drunk. Including children. Including children. I mean, you never know. It was the 50s. Anything went in the 50s. Um, They were like packing kids cigarettes in their lunchboxes. But I don't know why I'm laughing. That's horrible. I know. I mean, I don't think anyone actually did that. I hope. Don't at me. But essentially, like, yeah, the odds of 11 people being that drunk, including children on Mm -hmm. moonshine, that they would hallucinate something like that also speaking as someone from the from the south who has seen someone pull a jar of moonshine out at a family barbecue moonshine doesn't make you hallucinate it just makes you drunk Mm -hmm. and like maybe go blind if it's improperly made but is that permanent the The blindness i don't know oh that's scary I've never had moonshine. That story is actually ridiculous. I'm going to take like a quick second and tell that story because it was so weird and quintessential of my weird extended family. This is a man who is no longer part of my extended family, at least as far as I consider him to be. But we were at like a family dinner. I want to say it was over Christmas or Thanksgiving, but we were outside because we were in South Georgia and you can be outside year round. It doesn't matter. It's always going to be humid. It's always going to be hot. And we were having like the adults. I was like, 17, 16 at the time. Uh, so I say the adults were having like drinks and stuff and I was like in the weird intermediate age where you don't really want to hang with the little kids and you can't really hang with the adults. So I was yeah, just kind of sitting there the like, worst. yeah, I was just kind of sitting there like looking at my phone and having like a Diet Coke or something. And my, uh, this guy, he's my cut, my like distant cousin's husband, just like one of his friends, I think, was like, oh, I went on this hunting trip with this guy and he left this cooler in the place where we were staying and it had this moonshine in it. Let's all drink it. Oh, no. And they just started passing around this mystery moonshine from some guy's cooler that he left oh, in no. a cabin. That's such a bad idea. Yeah. Apparently it was peach moonshine and apparently it was all right. I didn't. No one got sick or went well, or good. like ha- or died <laughs> from it. But I don't trust that. And it was such a strange, jarring moment. And I was huh. like. Oh, geez, Louise, jarring. And I just, I was very shaken by it, and I still remember it, even though it sounds kind of not that exciting in retrospect. It it shook up 17-year-old me. But anyway. I mean, drinking a liquid from a stranger. That was what got me. Yeah. Not even the moonshine. It wasn't like, I made this moonshine, you guys want some. It was like, someone left this behind. I I found this. Would you like some of my found juice? (laughs) I found this, I found this uh, left behind liquid. Would you like it? So, um... 
In 2015, weekinweird.com published a piece uh, entitled Return of the Kentucky Goblins, New Leads in a Case of Strange Creatures, Crashed UFOs, and the Men in Black. Uh, What year was this? 2015. Ooh. So in 2012 as well, they have a piece on 2012, or from 2012 as well. You're welcome to look that up. I can, uh, but I, I wanted to focus on the more recent one uh, because it talks about the 2012 piece as well. Mm-hmm. It's in 2012, the author of this was contacted by a man who claimed that a group of small three-toed creatures were emerging from a mine shaft and terrorizing his rural Kentucky home. So he asked them to investigate and he fled his property because of the bothering of these like weird creatures and essentially they were described as looking very similar to the goblins so Mm -hmm. to speak from this original case in the 50s and so the author of this particular piece posits that that means the kentucky goblins have returned so they looked into the case more and more um and they were sorry they received a report of i was trying to find the piece i was looking for Mm -hmm. they received a report of like a cave in the mountains with a history of mysterious lights coming from it, alien abductions by the cave. And so they there's like posits that that's linked to the reappearance of these things. Like maybe they've been living out there the whole time. Uh, So they've just had this little hidey hole up there. And also they're coming out and they're coming out of the mine shaft and they're uh, messing with people. But essentially, if you're looking for... The full detailed backstory on the resurfacing, you can read the original piece, which was Have the Kentucky Goblins Returned? And there are lots of different comments, but they uh, they say right here, for the sake of getting right down to the new information and how you can help solve a 60-year-old mystery, they're going to repost emails sent to them in 2012. So they got some emails from people responding to this thing, and these are people who potentially might have seen it. So I kind of lied when I said there weren't modern sightings, <laughs> but these are unconfirmed whether they're the same thing, so you see why there's a little bit of... Yes. Wiggle room there. So, hello, my name is David, and this name is changed for anonymity. I received your contact information through a mutual acquaintance who assures me you are well-equipped to investigate peculiar problems. Furthermore, I believe you may have interest in these events beyond any compensation that I am prepared to deliver in order to have these issues sorted. For the past six months, I have been living in a rural home located on the border of West Virginia and Kentucky, where my family is nightly assaulted by creatures that I have come to believe are of extraterrestrial origin. These beings appear to be the size and stature of a small child, devoid of any facial features save for large, oily eyes and lipless mouths. Okay, I actually oily eyes. That. That's the worst That makes thing. me, like... Uh, that makes me, like, want to crawl out of my own skin. Viscerally I, uncomfortable. They frighten my children by peering through their bedroom windows, chirping at one another. They actively attempt to enter my home in the middle of the night. Last month, they took my dog. Oh, no. That's unforgivable. I don't like these guys anymore. I mean, to be fair, we don't know if they took the dog or if they just left the door open and the dog got out. But either way, it's bad. Still not good. The police refuse to provide any further assistance, attributing the problems to wild animals and forwarding my complaints to the state game commission. I believe they're coming from an abandoned mine property. Excuse me, an abandoned mine located on the edge of my property. Though I'm armed, I'm afraid I'm far too frightened to enter the mine by my lonesome. Excuse me, by my lonesome. And cannot convince any sympathetic friends to accompany me, though I cannot blame them. I am convinced the only answer is to collapse the mine. I believe this is where we can be mutually beneficial to another, to one another. If you're prepared to assist me in this matter, I can offer you permission to record and document these events under the condition of anonymity. I can guarantee you evidence of these creatures, which I assure you are not wild animals. Hmm. So did they actually go and do it? That is, they, they, uh, this, this is like, there's a lot more of their, like, they had a bit of a, more of a back and oh, forth okay. about it. Okay. It's. Again, I'll I'll, link, I'll talk tell you about the full piece, um, but I will give you kind of a rundown of the second email. Uh, but then eventually, what it gets to is they give some more books. This is a really really good in depth, a really interesting in depth piece with like a lot of email correspondence. But uh, essentially, he attached attached some pictures of the uh, goblins. Mm-hmm. They are not very helpful. Of course not. Very very good mm, pictures. Yeah, super. Listener, they are blurry. Yeah, they're just blurry. But. He did notice the similarities, and he did want to look into it, but let me just scroll down here. He hasn't yet received an exact address from David, but the team, which we half-jokingly nicknamed the Alien Cave Base Task Force, gathered together, pulled up some satellite imagery of David's town, and set out to pinpoint where his house might be, which is like, don't do that, guys. But they did find some abandoned mines in the surrounding area, and they did consider looking into where it was. Um, At the time, they were based in Canada, 
But anyway, there's a whole long saga here, essentially leading up to the idea that there's these there's these guys, these little guys, these goblin guys hanging out potentially in Just a mine in the caves in Kentucky, in the Kentucky West Virginia border, and maybe they're there, maybe they're not, and they're hanging out. I mean, it makes sense going back to our Sableye thing, mm-hmm. because Sableye eat like gems, right? They eat like the shiny little rocks. Mm. So depending on what they're mining for there, I don't know, maybe they eat yeah. some sort of mine material. Now, to be fair, they did say that they don't have the place to go yet, but they did say that. They said, I have a feeling things are going to get very interesting in the next few weeks. Stay tuned. Which makes me a little sad because this was three years ago and there weren't any updates as far as I could find. Mm, um, that is sad. But maybe there were and I missed them. If I'm wrong, please let me know. But the full piece is on weekinweird.com. If you want to read the very, it's very, it's a very lengthy saga and we don't have a lot of time left in the episode, but it is, excuse me, I'm going to scroll all the way back up to the top here. That is a very long article. It's very long. Um, in depth. It is called, excuse me, Return of the Kentucky Goblins, New Leads in a Case of Strange Creatures, Crashed UFOs, and the Men in Black. And that is from Week in Weird. So do you, I'm sorry, do you remember Parks and Rec? Of course. When Amy Poehler's character would try and pitch headlines mm-hmm. to Shauna Mulway Tweep? Yeah. And it was always very long and not like really in a yeah. headline? That's what that headline reminds me of. Oh, no. It's but I a, totally a know what you mean. a long headline. Think of something catchy. What would your headline be? Sorry to put you on the spot. I just no. I mean, it's a podcast. <laughs> uh, let's see. Goblin up trouble. The Hopkinsville goblins return to town. That's very good. Thanks. So I uh, also wanted to say uh, I already closed out the piece, but they did mention at the end that uh, if you guys are familiar, if any of you are familiar with Rhett and Link on Good Mythical Morning, they covered the investigation of the Hopkinsville goblins on their show. I do think I watched that one. Oh yeah. 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 I'm a big fan of Good Mythical Morning, so mm-hmm. I was. I have not seen that particular one. I've, I'm not familiar with that episode, but I did just see that and I got excited. Yeah, they so. did one where I don't know what like I don't know if it was a game or just like they were watching the videos and talking about it, um, but they went through YouTube and searched a bunch of, like, quote-unquote, like, cryptid evidence videos. Mm -hmm. And they were just, like, watching through them and discussing a whole bunch of, like, cryptids from around around the country. Um, It was pretty pretty cool. He also, looking at some of these pictures, Uh looks a little bit like a baby Mothman, but without wings. Sweet, right? like, like he's in I his just, pupa stage. Yeah, I just saw like a little, a little drawing. He was all black, right, with the big ears and like big red eyes. Yeah, he just kind of looks like a little mothman. Oh, he's sweet. I like him. So I want to close this out with this is a from Sasquatch Chronicles. Yeah, take the us blog. Home. Yeah. So um, this the person on who runs Sasquatch Chronicles had someone on the show who read from his grandfather's diary and. His grandfather was, his grandfather was a witness to this mm-hmm. thing. So this is the di- this is according to Sasquatch Chronicles. This is a diary entry from one of the witnesses of the Hopkinsville Goblin, the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Let's go. So on another occasion and another plot of acreage on the same farm, I was riding one of the horses out in the pasture land of sorts. The soil there wasn't very productive at the time, so even the grasses were dwarfed in size. I looked to my right, and there stood two of the darndest critters I had ever laid eyes on. I thought at that time that they were owls between four and five feet tall. They had owl-like noses and owl-like enormous eyes and sockets. I rode my horse toward them, but as they never moved from their position, I became frightened and turned the horse away. I got off the horse and faced them. They looked south, toward me. I was looking north toward them. I took a step toward them, and they took a step in my direction and stopped. I took two more steps toward them, only to have them take two more steps toward me in my direction. I thought if they are birds, I can frighten them into flight by shouting and throwing my arms and hands about over my head and in the air. When I did this, they looked at each other as if they were communicating some message to each other. I had the distinct feeling it was me who was the one being discussed. They had a look of wonderment in their eyes, but didn't move or budge from the spot. I took one more little step, an attempt to ease my troubled mind, and in unison they both took another step toward me— By this time, I was more frightened than before. I could tell by their determination that the distance between us was only going to get shorter. So I took one giant step backwards to create some more distance between us and to prevent an experience of the worst kind. 
this time they remained where they stood, so I knew they weren't there for the dance. <laughs> I got back on my horse and rode circles around them. They kept a keen eye on my whereabouts as I rode circles, and they would follow me using this—excuse me—and they would follow using the same roundup method. I got off the horse and again flailed my hands and arms. I even looked for a rock or two that I could throw, but found none. All the time they just stood there watching, fascinated at what I was doing. Finally, I decided that this needed the attention of a gun. I rode to the house and grabbed the twenty-two along with some bullets and headed back to where I had left them. I figured I could shoot up at the turf around them and see how good something that big was at being excuse me, why am I and see how good something that big was at being able to fly. When I returned, there wasn't a trace of whatever's they were. Perhaps someday I will know, or perhaps maybe I never will. I went home that night and asked Dad if he had ever seen owls four to five feet tall. He looked at me like I had really flipped and told me no. I told him about what I had seen that day on a portion of his farm and thought it was owls. He just laughed, I suppose thinking his youngest son was some kind of crackpot. I don't know what I saw on either occasion. All I know is that I did witness and encounter both creatures. I told another friend of mine about it many years later, and, and he said, Come on, Jack, you aren't for real. I am only adding these incidents in here in hopes that at some time, some of you may be able to sort out the mystery and come to find out what it was I witnessed. Can assure you, as sure as you're reading these entries, knowing that what I have shared is the truth and everything else concerning it. I really liked that. Um, that sighting. Yeah. That was like good detail. Yeah. And to be fair, that one is not necess- that one is not the like direct like that is not the the Kentucky like the actual like encounter of the like quote unquote mm-hmm. little gray men and everything. But considering that the little gray men were compared to owls. Yeah, it could be. I think that's pretty important to talk about. And that's why the Sasquatch Chronicles linked those two together in this blog post. Mm-hmm. Is they were saying essentially it doesn't seem like a coincidence that you'd have that overlap. So just thought it was pretty, pretty neat. And to round us all out, I will tell you about one fun thing that I found when I was researching this, which is that there's a movie that came out in 2017. Yes. It looks like it's an independent film. I can't find it, like, anywhere supermarketed, but written and directed by Dwayne Brown, there's a movie called The Great Kentucky Goblin Spree. And if I can find it anywhere to rent or stream, like, legally, because I want to give them their money, it seems like this is an independent film, then I would love to host a movie night with this. Yes, Um, please. But, yeah, and it's in black and white. So when I saw a screen cap from it, I assumed it was an older movie. But no, it's deliberate. And the summary is, in the Mm -hmm. 1950s, an unidentified object is spotted near the house of the Baker family, and they do everything they can to keep their family safe. Ooh. Sounds like a fun movie, actually. It sounds like it could be really good. Yeah. There's one IMD trivia fact for it, and it's that the baby that appears in the movie is the writer Dwayne's son. Oh, that's cute. I love when directors do that. When they put their babies in there. Yeah. yeah the babies. The babies. There is something really weird to me when I think about the fact that casting directors have to cast babies. And the baby can't yeah. do anything except just, like, not scream on camera. Well, that's also pretty hard to do. Yeah, and have charisma. The baby has to have charisma. Oh, yeah. You gotta gotta up that charisma score. Does the baby have star quality? Does the baby have it? <laughs> Does the baby have the X factor? You know, I don't know what it is, kid, but you got it. You got it. The baby's sitting there, like, admiring his toes. And the baby just spits up on himself, and they're like, ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but anyway, that is the Hopkinsville Goblins. Hope I've done them justice. There is quite a lot of uh, stuff yeah. out there. I didn't even get through half the sources I read. But uh, this isn't the show you come to to be just pounded with information over and over again. We uh, we bring all the weird tangents that nobody cares about. <laughs> but uh, that is some of the cooler stuff I found. I do think it's really interesting. I love UFO encounters. I love alien stuff. I've always talked about alien stuff since I was a kid. My dad and I used to talk about just how it just feels arrogant to assume that out of the whole entire universe, we're the only intelligent life. It, it absolutely feels, is. It feels really, really self-important to think that. And I just don't have time for that. And also, like, this might as well be the thesis statement for the entire podcast, but isn't it just more fun to believe? It absolutely is more fun to believe that there is something out there mm-hmm. that is not us. Yeah. Now, you know Pokemon better than I do. So mm-hmm. let's say that the Hopkinsville Goblins are not actually Sableye, but they are another Pokemon entirely. I would like you to please categorize them for me. What do you think their type is? What do you think their stats are? Mm. Like, what's, what are some of their moves? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. So if they're not Sableye and they are indeed their own Pokemon, mm-hmm. I think... Let's call them a la Troll 2's ingenious decision, Nilbogs, because that's goblin backwards. So let's oh, okay. follow the Ekans route, uh, yeah. Nilbog. Nilbog. Okay. 
So the nil, nil bug. I now, disregard references to the movie Troll 2. I know that they did the same thing in Troll 2. We're not talking about Troll 2. Okay, continue. <laughs> okay. I also thought you said Trolls 2. No. And I didn't think that movie was out yet. No, Troll 2. Like, uh, Troll 2, not they're Trolls They're eating her, two. and then they're going to eat me. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Sorry I think it would be, like, maybe a dark ghost type. Mm. Um, just because, like, they only appear, it seems, at the nighttime hours. Mm-hmm. They... Stole a dog, mm-hmm. which, like, I don't blame them. If they didn't have <laughs> access to a dog, I would steal one, too. I wouldn't. If it was the I first dog they'd ever seen, they were probably so excited about it that they mm-hmm. just couldn't help it. But, like, I want to say, on the record, if I'm ever under investigation for a stolen dog, no. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't actually. You wouldn't actually steal a dog. Wink. I was going to say. Um, and, yeah, they would definitely be, like, very speedy. Mm-hmm. Very speedy boys. Oh, very fast. Um, very, very fast. Obviously and, very agile because yep. they can dodge bullets with, like, matrix backflips yep. and stuff. And they would have pretty high defense, I think. Yeah. Right? They weren't really attacking anybody. But they really But they just, like, withstood the bullets. So I think high speed mm-hmm. and high defense. They're too powerful. They are. They're chaotic. Yeah, They're they chaotic, are pretty chaotic. Chaotic neutral. Do they have a s- signature move? Like Vine Whip or something? I think it's just like Dream Eater. I don't know. Dream Eater. Nice. Something like that. I like that. Yeah. Vine Whip was the only thing I could think of. That's all right. Vine Whip would also <laughs> be very good. Maybe Scratch. They've got, oh, they use Scratch. Yeah, for they sure. use Well, they have those little claws. Yeah, they got their, their so, little fingies. Yeah, they got their little fingies. Their fingies. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's going to do it for us. Um, I want to thank all of our Patreon donors, no matter what tier. I want to thank you for your support. If you're not a donor and you want to be, we have bonus content on there. You can access all the backlogs of A Horror Borealis. You can access some bonus episodes with more to come. You can uh, you can uh, access um, other bonus audio I'm working on getting done. Um, just all kinds of fun stuff. There, we we've hosted a couple movie nights with pa- like patron only movie nights. There's a Discord server you can access. Uh, it's it's a good time. If you can't do that then know that we appreciate the support you're able to give in other ways, such as word of mouth or following us on our social media or just, you know, listening to the show when it comes out and, like, still putting my weird words in your ears and everything. If you want to find us on that social media, you can find us on Twitter at CryptKeepPod. That's C-R-Y-P-T-K-E-E-P-P-O-D. You can also email us at CryptKeepPod at gmail.com. Same spelling. You can find us on Facebook under The Cryptid Keeper. And if you want, you can come hang out with us and share some fun memes and a cryptid discourse in the Cryptid Keeper Appreciation Group. So we'd love to see you there if you're not in there already. It's a fun, nice time. We try to keep it a good and happy and, and a fun time space. So, as always, our music is by Andrew Giada. That's me. That's you. And thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, as I say every week, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there.